and it was between that surgery and the second surgery where I was with the surgeon a lot and he basically told me um, you know you're you're not going to play again because I asked him about you know medical redshirt and and he's like you're He's like, you're not playing again. And he's like, one, I'm not going to sign off on it. Two, you're, you're not going to the NFL, so it's not it's not worth it. And, and you know, that, that that was it. And and it didn't hit me. And when it when it really hit me was my second surgery, which was when they went in here, reattached everything. They put in some screws and pins and all that kind of stuff. And I was coming off of, you know, a lot of drugs in, in the hospital that, that, you know, they put you under with. And, and I'm sitting there with my dad and, and you know my dad was so supportive with me he came to every game and it was right then and there that you know i kind of realized you know my dad's never going to be able to see me play again and i'm not going to be able to you know go give him a hug after the end of the game you know i was you know the rest of that season i was able to but it's different when you're in street clothes than when you're in a uniform and and you know i bawled my eyes out for probably a good 40 minutes or so i mean just it's because you invest as you know as you did you invest so much time into one thing and, and that's to have success on the field and you put yourself in the best position to win and 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 it, it's so hard when that's just taken away in a second this is tyler Burnson, former wilkes university quarterback and you're listening to the heads and tails podcast Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Som, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete story of perseverance or expert knowledge in the field of sports health and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. Today I'm excited to bring you Tyler Bernston, who is my former high school teammate at Westmore Central, and we were also co-workers together at Barnes the Three, Barnes the Third and Sons Landscaping for many summers. Yep. And uh, Tyler was uh, a, for, a quarterback at Wilkes University, and he had a, a ton of injuries throughout his career at Wilkes, and he definitely caught the injury bug uh, when he was in college, which was probably a lot different than your high school and growing up, right? Yep. You didn't get hurt too much. No, never. Uh, and now he's currently back coaching at our alma mater of Westmore Center for the Fighting Wolfpack. Uh, so th- I think we're going to get a an all-encompassing perspective on kind of like, you know, his, his story of overcoming these injuries and kind of working through them and his transition to life after football and also what the current landscape of high school football looks like today uh, from a health and safety perspective. Uh, so, Tyler, you want to start off by talking about your transition to Monmouth University, which was your, your first stop in your college football experience after a successful senior campaign uh, for the Westmore's Wolfpack. Yeah, so Monmouth was the, the last visit that I took uh, before National Signing Day, and I was talking a lot to Duquesne, and as you know, I have a ton of ties to Pittsburgh and really interested in going out there. Uh, big Mom- Steelers guy. Big, big Steelers fan. Uh, go black and gold. Um, <laughs> Hence the tie. You're really, uh, you're uh, definitely outdressing me here. Looking Came from good. work. I'm sorry. Um, hey, don't be sorry. You look good, man. Uh, but you know, Monmouth. I uh, went down there. Just had a great feel. Uh, they're a program that just had a guy drafted in the NFL. Uh, they c- came off a conference championship. Um, being down in Long Branch, New Jersey, was attractive as well. And, and I just had a beach guy. Beach guy, yeah, just had a a great feel. I mean, it was uh, the overnight was great, and and 
in all reality, I, I didn't think I was going to get an offer. And, and what they do is you, you have an overnight next morning, you have uh, breakfast with all the coaches and then uh, the head coach, coach Callahan meets with uh, each player individually. And, um, what ended up happening was he, you know, we had a conversation with each other and he, you know, asked me, do you want to be a mammoth hawk? And, you know, I got chills. I, I, you know, I didn't really think I was going to get an offer and, and right there on the spot, I committed. And, you know, a couple of days later was national signing day, signed my national letter of intent. And, and, and that was that, I mean, you're it, like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, I, it was a dream come true. Cause the one problem I had with going out to Duquesne or, or looking at a school out near Pittsburgh was, you know, my dad come to my games, my grandparents, my uncles, um, you know, they all here in New Jersey. So I thought it was pretty cool having the opportunity to play, you know, in, in New Jersey. Okay. And you, did you go in as a quarterback? So I went in as a, uh, an athlete. Um, I got recruited as an athlete. Um, the first day of summer ball, um, I was actually slated as a safety. I got defensive playbook and, and I was confused because you know, they told me to recruit me as an athlete, and um, I expected, you know, I expected to be on the offensive side of the ball just from Did playing. you play defense on your senior year? Yeah, I started at corner okay. um, senior year uh, across from Brett Bonanno. Um, Brett. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be watching. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, you know, the end of the day, they were like, you know, we're going to move you at tight end. Are, are you okay with that? And to be honest with you, I, th- I thought it was pretty cool. I, you know, I wanted to stay on offense. Um I didn't really think I was, you know, Division One quarterback. You know, most likely I, I accepted that. Um, and, and camp started up. I mean, it was it's difficult because you know all summer I'm throwing passes and, and catching passes, and and uh, now I'm out there having to block. You know, 275 pound defensive so you were, ends. You were throwing <laughs> passes like with the team or no? So you know, at, at the high school. So yeah, I trained at the high school um, to get ready. Uh, Dell. I threw a lot with Coach Widener and 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 uh, Tyler Danabom was my receiver all all summer and speed demon throughout my uh, college career. He was always my my receiver when we were home from school during the summer. So you know, very grateful for that. So you know, I went in in the camp not really knowing where I was going to be. But you were okay with them moving your tight end. You were kind of just like pumped to be there. Or yeah, I mean, I you I, were never disappointed. I was never disappointed. I thought it was a great opportunity. Um, I. You know, I, I wanted to be on offense, and, uh, you know, the year before they had a tight end draft in the NFL, so obviously that's pretty cool. Um, Maybe they're thinking about me being <laughs> tight end, yeah. So uh, did you have, like, NFL hopes going into Monmouth? Uh, I mean, every, you know, as you know, we, we all dreamed and, and played backyard football and, and, and wore the jerseys of jerseys of our favorite NFL player. You know, it's always something that you, you think of. Um, you know, really, I just wanted to be the best me I could be and, and whatever, you know, whatever happened was going to happen. Um, you know, I wasn't going to Monmouth or any other school. You know, I'm going to go play in the NFL. You know, I wasn't a, a five-star recruit or, you know, anything like that, like a Will Hill or, or you know, some of the names like that when we were in high school out of, out of New Jersey. Um, you know, it's, it's something you always dream of. And, you know, as we saw with a good friend of ours, Michael Burton, I mean, he, he made his dream come true. I mean, yeah. he worked his – he worked his tail off and 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 got drafted. He and made that dream like a tangible thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. wow, you really can do that. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it was crazy. I still remember his draft day. And it's like fifth round, Detroit Lions fullback yeah. from Rutgers, Michael Burton. And I mean, that was that was awesome because that's that's a kid we grew up with and blocked for and, and yeah. threw the passes to and went to Applebee's with. <laughs> yeah, Applebee's played so. Madden with <laughs> a lot of Madden, <laughs> a lot of Madden, uh, snow football. Maybe that's the ticket. 
a lot of Madden. Played a lot of Madden. Yeah. So uh, I interviewed Mike in uh, episode 33 for the listeners out there. If you want to take a look at that. Uh, so, you know, when did you kind of decide like maybe tight end isn't really a great fit for me, and I kind of want to play quarterback again? Uh, I mean, the the season was great. Uh, I I loved playing uh, tight end. I, I redshirted. You know, I, I didn't play in any games. Uh, I was a redshirt freshman. Practice every day. I uh, had a great coach, uh, Coach Gallo. He's still down there. I mean, probably most intense coach I ever had in terms of uh, college. Uh, one of the things he always did pretty cool was t- we were – he prided on us being the hardest working group on the team, which I, I thought was, was awesome. And we were out to practice, you know, 30, 40 minutes sometimes before anyone else get getting in extra work. Um, and, and I think our whole group of our, uh, guys, you know, prided ourselves on that. Um, it was really when I came home for winter break that uh, – you know, do I want to continue this or do I want to, you know, in my head, I always wanted to play quarterback growing up. As you know, I, I played running back and fullback and, and linebacker. And, and it wasn't until high school, you know, my sophomore year where I started playing a little bit of quarterback and really just a, a Hail Mary type of guy. Uh, <laughs> sophomore, <laughs> sophomore year, I, I you know, I, I got half the half the times so my junior year and then, you know, senior year things really uh, took off for me uh, in terms of the quarterback position. And it was always something I wanted to do, and I, I wanted to chase that dream, um, you know. I, and it was kind of a just a gut instinct, and and I went down to Monmouth, and I you know I let them know I, I'm going to transfer because I you know I want to play quarterback. It's you know I'm not going to you know another Division One school because I you know I'm think I'm this awesome yeah you know, awesome player. I, I'm just going to a school because you know I want to. This is the dream. Yeah, it that wasn't I like pursue. I'm trying to go to another D1 school. Like I. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, yeah. so what was that conversation like? Was it uh, awkward or? Uh, I, I mean, I was shaken. Um, it was, uh, it was really difficult because you know that I had, I was on scholarship. Um, they, you know, they believed in me, and and um, you know, sometimes to this day, you know, maybe I, I let them down somehow. You know, because they invested the time in me, and obviously the financial money. You know, my first semester there, um, but you know, it was, uh, it was tough. But, you know, I think I learned a lot from that conversation. And, and you know, I, if I was going to do that, I was not going to do it by a phone call or, or just not showing up. You did know, they I, respect that? or? Yeah, I think, I think they certainly did um, because, you know, I know a lot, of, a lot of guys even, you know, from my time throughout the rest of college, some guys, you know, throughout camp will just quit and just, they, they just don't come to practice that right. day. And, it's, and, you know, I, I never wanted to be. Yeah, it's not cool. Yeah, it's just – You don't I, respect people who do that. Yeah, I mean, you never know down the road. Uh, relationships, and you always keep doors open. And, and uh, you know, my grandfather was in, in the coaching ranks, and, and he said, if you're going to do this, this is this is the way that, you know, you have to do it. So you talked to your grandpa about it? Yep. Yeah, he uh, uh, he, he said, follow your dream. I mean, my, my parents, my, my, my whole family, you know, th- growing up, um, I still remember when I was in sixth grade – my mom's like, if you want to play quarterback, then you have to ask to play quarterback. And, and I asked the coaches, and they told me no. And you know, <laughs> I uh, I cried the whole ride home. <laughs> and and she and she you know told me there, you know, never let somebody you know in your life tell you can't do something. And she's like, if if it's not going to happen now, maybe it happens you know a few years down the road once you get to high school. Um, you know, things will will you know play out how they're supposed to. Okay. Uh, was your mom like a driver for wanting to, wanting you to like live out that quarterback dream? Yeah. I mean, so Tyler lost his mom, uh, when he was young. 
Yep. And I was just asking if you were kind of doing it for her in a way. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a, you know, part of that came in in the play. Uh there's no doubt, you know, that voice was always in the back of my head. Um even when I committed to Mammoth, you know, I knew the reality of the situation was I wasn't going to play, you know, going there to play quarterback. Um which which I was fine with at the time and and you know, I, I think you know, I, I knew who I was and, and, you know, I just wanted that opportunity because, you know, I, I didn't play it growing up and, and I got a small taste of it in high school and ended up having a great senior year. Um, you know, I, I, my first game I ever started was, you know, your senior year, my junior year, I threw five picks in a game. The, the first time I ever went out and played quarterback and, and it was like, what am I doing? But, you know, I go my senior year, I don't, I don't throw a pick the entire year. And, and that always stuck, you know, stood with me. And, and I wanted to continue, you know, following yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah, I remember driving you home after that, that the five pick game, and you were feeling pretty bad about yourself. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to, to to scrape you off the floor. Yeah, I mean it. It's it's tough. I mean yeah. it, it's because uh, you you know I I never was in that situation before, and you know I think I threw two towards the end of the game, and and Widener was just like, hey, just go sling. It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, you know, just just go do it. I, I'm curious, like to go from. <clears throat> your really only quarterback experience your junior year being five picks, which isn't exactly like a confidence booster to going into your senior year where you don't throw any picks. And how many touchdown passes you throw? Uh, I threw 13, uh, 13 touchdowns and, and had five, uh, five rushing. Yeah. So like, that's a crazy, you know, senior year of high school that people would kill to have with no picks. So like, was there a, what'd you do like mentally that would just like kind of let you forget about that game? I mean, a lot of it was just just reps. I mean, I think quarterback the quarterback position so unlike any other position in football, where you know if you're a running back, you get the ball in your hands. If you're a natural athlete, you're going to know what to do. Or if if you're a lineman, you know you you block on, you block back, or you, you know you pull. Or and obviously there's there's thinking with that. You know, lineback, you know, a defensive player, you know, you're you're out there to attack. You know, quarterback, I I think is something you need those reps, even if it's just handing the ball off on a belly right or belly left. You need to take those proper, you know, the proper footwork, especially in the wing tee. I mean, so much of it is, is the footwork aspect of things. And, you know, I, I worked so hard from the end of that season into the next season. And, you know, where things started to come together for us as a team that year was our, our game scrimmage against 100 Central. And, and, and they were like preseason fifth in the, in the state at that time. And, and we were up up just before half, I, th- I think like fourteen nothing or so, and we put together a two minute drill, and that was really the 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 click for me of of realizing, hey, I, you know, we just went down the field in a couple plays on two minute drill, and and you know we didn't have an incompletion, you know, right. that's where I kind of knew, you know, hey, I I can do this, you know, I yeah, hey, like know. I belong here, yeah, yeah, cool. So who's hey, a jerk who didn't uh, put his phone on silent? It's probably me. <laughs> uh, you're better than that, Kev. Uh, so, we we talked about Monmouth. No injuries at Monmouth, right? No injuries at Monmouth. Okay. So, we transfer to Wilkes University in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. I just interviewed another Wilkes, not Wilkes-Barre quarterback, but a King's College quarterback okay. in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. So, yep. I've been saying Wilkes-Barre a lot on the podcast <laughs> lately. Yep. So Small little town. Yeah. Take us, take us through that journey when you arrive at the school, you know. What are you thinking? And then 
what what brings us to the the first injury of the the slew of injuries you had? Yeah, I I didn't even know where Wilkes University was, and it was I didn't I, know until I saw you wearing the jersey. <laughs> yeah. so. I mean, it it was uh, uh, Mr. Gunnersdorf from from West Mars. Oh, yeah. When I when I transferred, I was I was working out the high school, and he's like, "Hey, this this is a school you should look at," and it ends up happening. Coach G, he's a good good dude. I mean, he he still holds every receiving record um, at Wilkes University game season career, which is. Uh, which is crazy. I mean, two-time All-American there. Um, and so I went up there, and, and one of the large parts, you know, why I went there was because of Coach Sheptock. He was the head coach, and just his core beliefs and principles the first time I met him. You know, I knew right away I wanted to play for this guy. And and uh, I came in, and they were switching the offense to a spread offense. So, you know, right away I thought that would be a pretty cool opportunity. Um, you know, I went into camp competing with uh, three other guys, and, and what they did in camp was – uh, we didn't have red jerseys, um, and I think that's you know how I was able to get the starting spot right away. Um, and for those people who are listening or <coughs> watching, because this is now a video podcast, uh, having red jersey basically means don't hit the quarterback in practice. Yep. So you're, you're saying there was no red fair jersey. game, fair Everyone's game out for their own. Yeah. Um, you know, spread offense, a lot of quarterback running, and and I think that's where I was able to excel, um, and and really. The, the injury bug started right away for me at Wilkes. Um, we, we played Waynesburg University. Uh, we won 38-35. It was a great home opener win. And as we're running the clock out towards the end of the game, get rolled up on a tackle and, and get a high ankle sprain. And and that's something that stuck with me basically throughout that the rest of that season. You know, the next week I, I wasn't able to practice much, went to, you know, the next game not fully prepared. Um, and then a few, week, few weeks later, uh, got a concussion. Um, you know, as you know, that uh, it's it's never never fun. I yeah, mean, take us through that concussion since this is a concussion centric <coughs> podcast at times. Yeah, it was uh, it was a hit down by the goal line, and I I got like double ear hold like running the ball, and and my right guard uh, uh, Riccio he picked me up and he and he's like, dude, your eyes are like in the back here. <laughs> you know, you're like looking in two directions. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I that was the first time. You know, I think I ever had a, a, a serious concussion, and and uh, I knew, you know, I, I wasn't right. And I, it w- what was weird was we got stopped on like a fourth down, down by the goal line. Our defense went on the field. They got a big play, and then the next play after that, the defense forced a turnover. So there wasn't even time to really go to the bench, talk to the trainer, and uh, we went in. Uh, you know, we got the ball. So you still and, had a concussion at this point. Still had a concussion. Okay. And I threw one pass, and it was about like 15 yards, just not even close. <laughs> not even close. And and uh, my my uh, my quarterback coach at the time, Coach Pachinski, he was like, hey, you know, come over here, Coach Pachinski. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, that was that. I, I was done for you know the rest of the game. And and um, so on that play, as you said, it was near the goal line. Were you like diving towards the end zone, or like what was the scenario where you were able to get like? Yeah, it was just like sandwiched. A, it was just like a run play. Um, it was uh, really a, just a scramble, stepping up in the pocket, and and uh, just kind of got double ear hold, which you know getting, doesn't sound fun. Yeah, it's not fun. Uh, so you get to the sideline, athletic trainer checks checks you out, or yeah. So when I when I came out, um, it was right before halftime. I went into the locker room, and uh, you know right away, you know you're done, um, and it. You know, they gave me a hat. It was a really sunny day. <laughs> oh yeah, I could imagine blaring into your eyes. Yeah, that'd yeah, be pretty tough. Sunglasses, and um, it it was rough. Uh, 
you know, I, I didn't feel right for, you know, a good bit after that. How how long exactly do you remember? Um, I was cleared to play um, the Friday before our next game, and, and it really wasn't until that Friday where I felt myself, um, you know, sleeping and and uh, just looking at a computer screen, you know, it wasn't, you know, wasn't reality. Yeah. Um, was that your only concussion uh, or diagnosed concussion? <clears throat> yeah, that was my only diagnosed concussion. And, you know, I can truthfully say, you know, I, I don't think I had any, you know, no, none were any, you know, serious than that. Yeah. And, and What about uh, some hits that you might have taken where you were like, uh, <laughs> you know, feeling it for a second or two? Yeah, which... definitely took some hits where uh, you have to collect yourself, you know. Do after. you remember like the scenarios that those hits happened on? Like were you running the ball? Were you whatever, like, were you in the pocket like about the pass and you get hit or? Really a combination. Um, you know, our first, my first three years there, we ran the spread. So was out of the pocket a lot and, and, and running in, in zone reads and stuff. And, and sometimes you just get hit the right way. Or if you're standing in the pocket and you take one in the chin um, or, you know, just, just get one in the back. It doesn't even mean you have to get hit in the head. I mean, yeah. you know, getting hit hard enough in the lower back is going to take the wind out of you and, uh, you know, make, and make you collect yourself and, and, you know, dust yourself off, get up for the next play. But, you know, I was – uh, I was I was grateful, you know, not have to go through numerous concussions, you know, throughout. Yeah, it college. seems like your symptoms were pretty short term. <laughs> yeah. And so, what was the rest of that season like? So you had the high ankle sprain, then the concussion. Uh, then I ended up uh, cracking some cartilage in my ribs, and and towards that year, towards the end of that year, I was splitting time and uh, w- with one of the other quarterbacks, and and then uh, you know, season was over, had those injuries, and. You know, I mean, it, it was tough. I mean, because I felt like I could have uh, excelled if if I didn't go through those injuries. And and again, just getting those reps, I was a year removed from playing quarterback in a new system, and not getting those practice reps really really hurts you. And you know, so that that was that was tough to uh, to deal with. So the next season <coughs> rolls on. What, what was that season like health wise? Uh, so next season rolled. Uh, Rolled around. Uh, I, I worked hard. I, I put on a lot of weight. I put on about 15 pounds of muscle. And I remember seeing you at ZS. <laughs> you were freaking yoked, dude. Yeah. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I gotta start doing whatever this kid's doing. Yeah, my my playing weight at Wilkes was like 235, 240, and that's the, a big ass freaking dude. And the, how tall are you? You're like six three, six four. Yeah. Oh, okay. And um, I'm taking an inch from you. <laughs> the, uh, the the next season started with. Uh, you know, pulling my hamstring in, in camp. Um, so I, I essentially lost all, all of camp. And, and the rest of that year, you know, I essentially played a, a wildcat quarterback, um, just coming in special situations. And we, we had a couple, you know, different plays that went in, some speed sweep stuff and, and, and just some zone run. But, you know, the rest of that year was just, you know, wildcat quarterback. And, and you know, I lost, you know, a whole month of camp and, and you know, it's you're not really going to get back into the starting role by, by not being able to practice. So, right. I mean, so was it was just the hamstring. Just your second year at Wilkes. Just the hamstring. I don't want to say just the hamstring. I feel like <laughs> that's what people generally do. Like, eh, yeah. Really, really, Tyler. That was uh, the whole season with a hamstring. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty severe. I pulled my hamstring before, and that was uh, this was a lot different. This was, you, th- you put a ton of size on before you went into this season. <clears throat> you think that might have had anything to do with it? Uh, maybe. 
you know, maybe from a flexibility standpoint. Um, but you know, I, after that I, I didn't pull any muscles and, and, um, you know, I, it was during our, our run test. Actually, we, we did, uh, six full gassers, you know, to do a certain amount of time. And, and I finished first in the first five and wanted to finish first in the last one. And one of my teammates, Dan Curry got a little bit ahead of me. And I, I just, you know, you're, your legs are jello after running, you know, that much and that amount of time in the lactic acid. And, and I think I just maybe extended myself a little bit, mu- you know, too much there. And I just felt the tear and went down, <laughs> you know, sniper, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, took me down. But um. it's interesting, like those different scenarios. It's like, it's almost like your body was kind of telling you like, all right, dude, like you won five, like <laughs> let someone else take this last one. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, I'll show you, dude. Like, yeah. it's almost like, I always say like my ego got me hurt like more than anything. Yeah. Like me trying to run people over, me trying to push through things that I shouldn't have pushed through. Um, and it's almost like if you can just silence that voice in your head, like I feel yeah. like a lot of injuries, especially like those kind of injuries can be avoided. Yep. Cause I, I mean, with just with my head injury, like, I mean, you were there, I had a bad shoulder going into that game. A couple of games before that couldn't hit with that one anymore. So then I started hit with my other shoulder and then I hurt that one and then I had nothing else to hit with, but my freaking head. So yeah. like an idiot, I just like, you know, my ego was like, no, like you got to play. You got to be a freaking tough guy. Yep. But had I just like, silence that voice and like taking care of like the first shoulder and sat out even a week like i probably would have been fine yep so i think it's just a lesson out there to the athletes uh okay so hamstring wildcat quarterback scenario second year what about third season so uh third season um started off okay uh second game of the year uh towards the end of the game i ended up separating my shoulder um, that's what I did. That, that's painful as hell. Yeah, it was my throwing shoulder, so I was out uh, out a few weeks, and and um, it it hurt a lot. Um, I came back, you know, maybe a little sooner than I was supposed to. Um, Why? Just because you wanted to, or yeah, just because I wanted to. Um, you know, I I was in a competition with another guy, Alex George. Great, great kid, still a buddy to this day. Uh, we joke a lot of times. We were, we were both just football players playing quarterback, and and um, he was a very physical player. Our last year, he ended up switching to play tight end. And, you know, so f- from the competitive side of things, you don't want to lose out on those reps, lose out from the game experience and, and not being out there, you know, because we actually split, a to- uh, split time a lot throughout our career with each other. It was every series, every quarter, every two series, whatever it might be. Sometimes we each got yanked in the middle of a series, you know, depending, <laughs> depending on how it was going. <laughs> depends on how it was going. Um, but I mean, you know, so, you know, I, I came back and that was my only injury that, that year. But, you know, I, I came home from winter break and, and I'm like, I can't even do a, a push up. So, you know, I went down, got a MRI, some x-rays and, and they're like, you know, you, it looks like your cartilage basically filled in your, your separation and you have a small tear. So a lot of that off season was just, you know, coming back from that, trying to get my throwing shoulder back to the strength that it, you know, was at because it just wasn't strong in terms of, you know, where it was prior to that season. Um, so, you know, focused a lot more on the flexibility and and not necessarily doing, you know, a bunch of bench press and, and, and things like that, but focusing more on my legs and, and throwing from my legs and, and relying less on my arm. And, and you know, I, I was able to accomplish that. 
you know, as mentioned, Alex moved over to tight end. So spring ball, uh, I was able to get all the reps uh, essentially because we had a, I guess you could say an older quarterback group uh, prior to my last year. Um, so I was able to get a ton of spring ball reps and then went in the summer camp. Uh, we brought in two other freshman quarterback, but uh, you know, I, I got all the reps and, and, and I felt great. And, you know, by the time the end of camp was you're uh, like 27 at this time. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I, I, I told Kevin uh, <laughs> off air, um, you know, I was, I, I, I had a fifth year of uh, college football. So everyone used to joke that I was like 28, 29 years old. So um, I went back and I was doing my, my master's in business administration and this one time in the in the cafeteria, the soccer player came up to me and she's like, "Aren't you like 29 years old?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm 23. You know, I'm, I'm not that old." She's like, "Oh, like all your buddies are saying that you're like 29, 30 years old." I'm like, "You know, so I was I was the the dad or you know the the crazy uncle on you know <laughs> on the team, and my my last year at Wilkes, the, the quarterback room was two freshmen and a sophomore and myself. So I mean that was uh, that was a, that was a blast. Um, you know, just just having those young guys in there, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. so all right. So I, I kind of disrupted you, but going into your last season, you were just kind of telling us the dynamics of the team. So, what were you able to stay healthy at all, or? Yes, I I, I made it to game three. Um, nice. So <laughs> better than the, the season before, but we were playing uh, Widener. They were a nationally ranked team uh, year in year out. They're nationally ranked. Um, and we were first driving the game at home, going right down the field, and uh, we ended up getting into the red zone and, and had a play called back, and, and I got hurt on a, a third down play, um, a sack, and essentially what happened was I, I dislocated my wrist, uh, fractured my scaphoid, and, and tore all my ligaments um, throughout my wrist and into my hand, and um, it was one of those things where you just knew right away it wasn't good. Um, the trainer came out on onto the field, and uh, I'll never forget, Carl looked at me. He's like, Ty, this this isn't good. <laughs> and uh, we had a team doctor, and uh, he was like, oh, it might just be a sprain. And I'm like, you know, I've, I've sprained things before. I don't think this is a sprain. Well, and didn't the kid – didn't you say that the kid who, like, landed on you, like, got up and was like, someone help this kid? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can see it on the film. He, he's waving uh, the trainers over because, you know, he heard something pop in there. And essentially what happened was uh, the, your lunate bone is your, your centermost part of your, of your wrist and all your ligaments are, are attached through there. And, and that ended up flipping up and essentially shredding everything. Um, and, and my hand, you know, touched my forearm. So um, that was uh, that, that was tough. That was, that, was a, that was a hard day. Would you say that that was the most painful injury you ever had? That was by far the most painful, uh, most uh, physical pain I've ever gone through uh, in my life. So you had your fair share of injuries throughout your career. How did you kind of handle being away from the game and not being able to get the reps that you wanted and, you know, just having that injury-prone tag? Like, that, you know, I had it. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, some guys just can't stay healthy. Like, how did you kind of deal with that mentally and keep yourself in the game, keep yourself wanting to come back? Yeah, I mean – my, my first couple of years, it, you know, at, at Wilkes, it was, you know, I was competing with, uh, you know, other quarterbacks and I wanted to get on the field. So that always, you know, drove me. Um, and then, you know, I didn't have to come back from my last year of football. You know, 
there was a brief time where I thought maybe, you know, I'll just start working and especially, you know, all my friends are getting jobs. You know, we just graduated college. Everyone's getting jobs and I'm doing, I'm taking classes for my master's and I'm going back to school. And, and you know, some of them said, you know, playing division three football, are you sure you want to do this? And, and, and my answer was always yes, because, you know, football is incredible. Being on a team is incredible and, and, and going through camp and, and I would do anything to go back through, you know, two a days or, you know, anything like that. And, you know, what kept me going was just the drive of, hey, I've never been able to put together a whole season here. That's what I want to do. And and going into my last year, that's why I came back. And, and our, our coach actually had me speak to the team, you know, one time before. And he's like, you know, you, you had job offers. You, you could have, you know, went and done anything. But you came back. You, 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 you know, I, I worked through spring ball you know, fun Fridays and, and all, you know, four time a week lifting and, and all that. And he's like, you know, why, why'd you do that? And it's because the guys in the room, I mean, you, you experience so much with those individuals, you, you know, the blood, sweat and tears, that's a real thing. And, and, you know, I felt like our group, you know, if we could all stay healthy, because, you know, a lot of other guys had injuries, our running back, Oxwell Goo, tore his ACL two times. Hackestown guy. Hackestown guy. And uh, he's down in Atlanta, Georgia now. Um, and and we, we all kind of thought if, hey, we can stay healthy, we can, you know, we can compete and, and maybe we'll win conference. And, and so that was always, you know, going to my last year, that was, that was always in my head. Um, and that's why I went back. And, and my last year when I got hurt, I mean, it was really, it was really tough because you kind of second guess yourself. But, you know, it really was one of the more fun seasons that I had at Wilkes. And, and I think a lot of that had to do with being – you know, taking a step back and, and being a part of the team, but not necessarily, you know, in a starting role or even in a role of, of getting in the game, but being in a quarterback room with two freshmen and a sophomore and a great quarterback coach and just seeing how these kids interact and how they were able to grow throughout the year. I mean, we had, you know, 18-year-old kid that's, you know, out there, you know, you know, Alabama had a freshman quarterback that wins the national yeah. championship this year. You know, it's not the same thing at Division three level, but you know, there's definitely a difference between an 18-year-old and a 20 or 22 or 21-year-old. 27. Yeah, 27, 29-year-old. <laughs> um, what's funny is there was actually a, a team in our league that had a quarterback that was like 29 because oh, right. he played minor league baseball. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, that part of it for me was, uh, you know, it was touching. I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. I mean, you see, you know, kids grow throughout, you know, that season and then the one – one kid, Ryan Daly, um, he ended up starting his last three years at Wilkes. I mean, he, he has a ton of records um, at the school now. And, and I mean, just being able to see that, you know, you're – I guess you're proud because, you know, the one thing I always told them, you know, I'm I'm not the best quarterback. I'm, uh, you know, I'm more of a football player than a quarterback. But if you can take one thing from me, take worth that, you know, working hard and, and being in the weight room before anyone else, putting in the extra time. And, and, and that's what I wanted them to take away from me. And – you know, I, I know Ryan, you know, I still talk to him from time to time to this day. And, you know, he was able to take that away. So, you know, that, that that's, uh, you know, a special place in your heart for, you know, things like that. Yeah, and I think, you know, you growing up with Mike and him making it to the NFL and like that whole kind of core group that I felt like I was honored to be a part of, you know, for a short period of time. Like, that's just how we thought. Like, yep. we were like weight room guys, like stay after practice, like yeah. get more reps, go for the extra run. Like, we always wanted that. And yeah. I think that you're right, like that carries. And I th I'm sure like that rubbed off on Mike and, you know, got him to where 
he is, and that stuck with the kids that you, you work with at Wilkes. Yeah, I mean, you know, like Dell used to almost have to kick us out of the weight room. I mean, that, you know, like you said, that's, we won in the offseason, we were there to lift. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys in, in all towards, you know, all sports, and I saw it a lot in college. You know, some guys, they're not fully invested. Even though they're on the team, they show up to practice, they show up to lifting, they're not truly invested to be there. And, and I mean, that goes, every team has, has that. You know, right. you're not going to get 100 guys, you know, always fully invested in, in, in what you're doing. But if you can get your core group of, of players, and I think that's why we had a lot of success our senior year in high school, was we our core group of players were all bought in to, hey, we need to, you know, ramp it up and work a little bit harder. So, right. Um, so while you, so after you got hurt, you were told that you can never play football again at some point in time, right? Yep. And I, I was told that when they were wheeling me into drill into my skull. So and I just bawled my eyes. I was like, I know how bad that that sucks. So can you take us like through that conversation and you know what kind of happened after that? What and how you did you deal with those thoughts? Yeah. So what happened with me was I had. Uh, three different surgeries. The first surgery was um, two days after the initial injury where they had to reset my wrist um, and essentially relieve the pain on the ligaments and, and everything else that's in here to allow blood flow to my fingers. Um, and that, and it was between that surgery and the second surgery where I was with the surgeon a lot. And he basically told me, um, you know, you're, you're not going to play again. Cause I asked him about, you know, medical red shirt and, and he's like, you're, He's like, you're not playing again. And he's like, one, I'm not going to sign off on it. Two, you're you're not going to the NFL, so it's not it's not worth it. And and you know that 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 was it. And and it didn't hit me. And when it when it really hit me was my second surgery, which was when and they went in here, reattached everything, they put in some screws and pins and all that kind of stuff. And I was coming off of you know a lot of drugs in in the hospital that that you know they put you under with, and and I'm sitting there with my dad and. And, you know, my dad was so supportive with me. He came to every game. And it was right then and there that, you know, I kind of realized, you know, my dad's never going to be able to see me play again. And I'm not going to be able to, you know, go give him a hug after the end of the game. Of You know, I was, you know, the rest of that season I was able to. But it's different when you're in street clothes than when you're in a uniform. And, and you know, I bawled my eyes out for probably a good 40 minutes or so. I mean, just it's because you invest, as you know, as you did, you invest so much time into one thing. And, and that's to have success on the field and, and put yourself in the best position to win. And 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 it it's so hard when that's just taken away in a second. I mean, it's it, it's one play and it's it, it's over like that. It, you know, I think football is one of, you know, really any sports. It's so unique where. There's one, only one thing that needs to go wrong to end everything. It's you know you get hit just the right way, and and everything can be over. Which is I mean that's that's a scary part. You know, yeah, scary part of it. It's life too, unfortunately. You know, and <laughs> you know I I mean I feel for you with how you felt. You know, but like how did you? I, I could see like my identity was so wrapped up in football that when I couldn't play anymore, I'm telling you for like literally eight years I struggled with like who the hell is Kevin Som that like yeah. can't like, that doesn't play football like this that those two like things don't go together so how were you able to kind of find a new identity outside of sports like what did you fill that void with yes yeah, so i 
you know, I started working when I was done with my master's and I work for a wealth management firm and I'm on the insurance side and it's a competitive field, you know, cause you're out there, uh, you know, you're out there hustling every day. Um, but it really took every know, day I'm hustling. <laughs> it really, <I> to, <laughs> it really took like three years to fill that void. And, and that's when, you know, coach Henley at West Mars was like, Hey, you know, Hey buddy, you, you, you want to come here and, and help out? And, and, you know, there was a void as much as we don't want to admit it at times. And, and something's not right. You know, our bodies were trained for, you know, nearly 17 years of our life to once August hits or once July hits, it's football season. You're going to camp, you're running hills. You know, if it's Long Valley Raiders, Westmore Central or whatever college you went to, I mean, that's football season that from, from that time until the season's over. Um, so being able to go back and coach, I think, has filled, you know, a large part of that void, you know, for me. Nice. Um, so has there, have you like, have you brought anything with you back to coaching that like you learned, like your wisdom that you gained throughout your football career, like that you try to impart on the kids today? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess yes and no. I'm, I'm still, you know, this past year was just my second year. I guess I'm going to my third year. So Low man on the totem pole. You're still, like, getting the water jug and stuff? <laughs> yeah, still, you know, water jug, getting <laughs> coffee and, and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I, I work with the quarterbacks, and, and we had a kid this year, Joey Spano. He's a sophomore, and, and I mean, he's uh, – there's no doubt he's a gunslinger type of kid. Um, and he's a small kid. He's, he's like, 5'5", five, five and, you know, maybe 140 pounds soaking wet, whatever he might be. And I'm like, hey, you don't have to take every hit. And I think that's what I learned and. I, I learned that going into my last year at Wilkes and, and the first two games of that year, I, I, you know, it's okay to run out of bounds when there's three guys by the sideline and, and, you know, so things like that. And, and when you, I think when you play the game and you're, and you're working with kids, especially high school kids, you're able to see things so differently that when you were in high school or in college, you just didn't see, cause, you know, it's that, you know, people say Monday morning quarterback, but now you're, you're, Cause you're focused it. on the girl in the stands. You're not focused <laughs> on like, who's <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, you, you know, you, you have, uh, you're focused on different things. And, and, uh, so I think, you know, some of that, you know, I try to bring and So what uh, do you think? Cause I'm a big proponent for you. The, the sideline is your friend. Like I was a guy who would never go out of bounds. You know me, like yeah. I just try to run people over yeah. and, I largely think that my career was cut short because that's how I approached the game. Yeah. And I probably could have still been a good player had and saved myself in a few situations, but I chose not to do that. So what happened at Wilkes that you were kind of like, you realized like you don't need to do that. Uh, I think it was just, you know, you wake up Sunday morning after a game and the way that you feel afterwards and, you know, you watch yourself on film and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get an extra yard there. Just take just take one step. Right. Or if it's in the middle of the field after you gain, you know, 15 yards or so and, you know, you have three guys around you. Uh, I never slid, like, feet first. But, you know, towards the end of my career, I, I had no problem with just, like, diving forward and, you know, college football, once once you're down, you're down. And, you know, so I think, I think there's times you can do that because, you know, Le'Veon Bell is a great example for Steelers. You know, as you're seeing his career go through, he's stepping out of bounds more. He's saving himself because he realized if I'm going to have this many touches, I'm not going to survive 
if I'm going out of balance in a physical way every single time. I mean, you, you pick your battles. Uh, I think that, you know, if it's third and one, you're not running out of balance. If it's, you know, you, you gained 15 yards, you got the first down, it's okay to step out of bounds. I, th I think you just need to know the time and place to do so. Yeah, I think you need to separate the fact that, like, you stepping out of bounds does not make you, like, weak or, like, a sissy or something like that. <laughs> like, if anything, like, it's smart. And that's, yep. like, the tough thing to do is to, like, yep. save yourself so you can play that next down. Yep. And that's why I asked you earlier in, in the podcast about your concussion. I'm just thinking, like, scenario-wise because I always say, like, you know, if it's, you know, you're in the middle of the field, like you said, like, you're not close to the end zone. It's the beginning of the game. Like, yep. you don't need to, like – kill yourself to get that extra yard but like yeah. yeah if the game's on the line you're on the goal line like you need to run someone over to get in the end zone like that might be a situation where it's like okay to yep. kind of like sacrifice a little bit to to win yeah. but I just think I, I want young people to like embrace that and I'm glad that you're teaching kids that it is okay yeah I mean it's just smart I mean you know yeah. your, your best Ability is your availability. Uh, I got that quote from Mike Burton. <laughs> I mean that it's 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 true. Yeah. Uh, I mean if you if you're not on the field, you're not helping your team, especially at the high school level. You know, you, it, it it's not Alabama. You don't have a, a four deep of five star recruits. You know, especially high schools like West Mars. You know, you m might have sixty guys on the you know on the team. You don't have a, a three four deep at some positions. Yeah, but. I almost think in some in some cases that makes it worse for players because it's like, you know, well, I can't play, so like, who's gonna who's gonna fill in for me? So it's like it almost incentivizes young players to play through something that they probably shouldn't play through. Yeah. Do, do you agree with that or? I don't, I don't think I've seen that too much. Um, you know, I think there's a difference between being hurt and nicked up. You know, football you're always gonna have bumps and bruises and. And I think the last two years we've we've had guys and been able to play through that if it's, you know, whatever the case might be. When, you know, when you're hurt and, you know, you t need to take a week off or, or whatever that might be, you know, I think that's a little bit different. Um, I think, you know, Coach Henley as a whole does a great job of, you know, he's been around the game a long time and, and he's seen probably every injury there is to see. You know, he knows when to hold the guy back or, or you know, hey, this kid, you know, he's just a little banged up, but he can still get yeah. through it. Um, so I think, you know, they, as a coaching staff, they do a great job of, of you know, separating that. Have you noticed any different health and safety, like, rules or the stuff that, like, were implemented now that weren't there when we were playing that yeah. are beneficial for the game? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, since we were in high school, you know, that, that's, I don't want to say how long ago that's 10 been years for me. <laughs> so nine years, nine years for me, you know, the NFL is definitely taking steps. College football is taking steps. High school yeah, it trickles down. Yeah. It, you know, it trickles down in terms of, you know, late hits on the quarterback defense, you know, defenseless receivers running across the field, um, running backs, lowering the crown of their helmet. You know, I think there have been steps taken to, you know, prioritize, you know, health and safety and, and, you know, in the NFL, you know, the amount of padded practices they have, um, and I don't know if that's the answer because I think learning proper tackling, especially at the youth level, high school level, and, and doing it the right way is maybe more important than being in shorts and a T-shirt at practice because, you know, I, you know I've, I've, I've talked about it before with other people. Maybe what we need to focus on is educating more of our youth coaches. Um, you, know, the, you know, as we know, the dads that volunteer you know, for Long Valley Raiders or whoever it might be, 
and going through of more of this is the proper way to tackle, proper way to block. You know, I, I still have it in my head. You know, Mr. Barnes, Mr. Bonanno, Mr. Zakowski, you know, all of our coaches and Raiders, you know, keep your head up, keep your head up, keep keep your head up. If if you can't see what you're hitting, you know, you know, you're you're gonna miss it. But they were also doing that because if your head's up, you know, you have a less likelihood of, of hitting with your head. You right. know, essentially. Yeah, you're so. exposing yourself to injury if you can't see what you hit. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, part of that is is important, but um, I, I see pictures now. They have, like, those foam helmets on top of the helmet. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps or not, but. Uh. I, I don't know. I feel like that gives you more of a target to get hit in the head. <laughs> like, you're, you're making the target bigger <laughs> to get hit in the head. Yeah. And I also think, like, from a friction standpoint, like, if you have, like, a cloth thing around your head yeah. and the other person does too, like, that – there's a lot more friction than just two pieces of plastic like sliding off each other. Sliding I feel off. like yeah. the impact will last longer. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a fan of those. I think helmets too. I mean, I see the kids, you know, at West Mars now. It's like all the stuff that's in the helmet. You know, it didn't look. I remember we had like the rubber tube in ours. I mean, you had the that, air. You had that shut air helmet that was like no, I had, old school. Oh yeah, yeah. I had the like literally the rubber pad. Yeah, it was like that <laughs> blue rubber pad that looks like. <laughs> Yeah. Down, yeah. and uh look badass but <laughs> i mean you know it's like whoa you it's know, like a one-star rating on like the <laughs> the impact <laughs> testing <laughs> yeah. so i think helmets have come a long way um you know i, I had the the shut dna and we saw how that how well that worked out for me so <laughs> yeah. um you know so i think if you know the football you know football group as a whole of nfl and all that kind of you know continue the technology there make that better and then you know just making the game safer and, and i think a lot of making the game safer is educating you know young football players because if if you learn to tackle at the youth level the proper way most likely you're going to continue that throughout you know your career right. so that kind of leads me into my next question so there's been a couple states recently that have proposed to ban tackle football before the age of 14 or 12, I forget the exact specifics. I think it might be yep. different by state. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that wraps into my last answer. I don't, I don't know if that is that is the answer because now you're going to have kids starting out at high school football who've never tackled somebody before. And, and, and that, you know, if they haven't been tackling from fifth to eighth grade, it means they don't know the proper way to tackle. So maybe if investing more time in those youth coaches and those youth programs of proper tackling and, and, you know, cutting out some of the drills that are head to head drills. I remember we used to do the nutcracker drill and, yeah. and you know, growing up and, and eliminating some of that stuff can go a long way of, of, you know, lowering the impact of, of, of some things. Yeah. I mean, I, when I think of that law, I think basically what it's saying, it's not saying like, no football totally it means like play flag football until 14 so like yeah. they're assuming that people who are playing who are playing tackle now will just automatically go to flag yeah. and i think there are some controlled scenarios where you can teach tackling in a safe way yeah. I, I think the main gist of the law proposals is just like decreasing the amount of hits that kids take Yep. Not necessarily like the severity of those hits or just like accumulation over time. They're saying if we can cut out five years worth of head impacts, yep. which could be thousands of head impacts, like yeah. that's not a bad thing for a, a kid. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to some 
NFL topics that uh, my co-host of the Fantasy Football Injury Report podcast, Josh uh, Boyd, and I have talked about throughout the season. And I want to hear from a quarterback's perspective. (laughs) Yeah. Need to wet my whistle a little bit, I guess. I know what you meant. (laughs) Yeah. So from a quarterback's perspective, you know, like Joe Flacco got crushed sliding this year. And, Mm -hmm. you know, do you think – like how do you think quarterbacks should – approach sliding getting out of the pocket should they stay in the pocket what are your thoughts to, to make them safer i mean i don't you the answer isn't staying in the pocket because there's just as many huge hits in the pocket as there are out of the pocket and i think it's just being smart you know knowing when you know getting down early i you know i think a lot of those uh injuries in terms of when a quarterback you know slides feet first and then, and then there's contact, even the Joe Flacco play. I don't like the Ravens, but he was kind of like in that fine line of, am, am I going to still run or am I going to start sliding? And, and I think if you look at that defender, you know, I don't think he was doing it in a dirty way. Uh, maybe I have the wrong hit in my mind, but, you know, in the NFL, once a defender leaves his feet for a hit, there, you know, there's no stopping him. There's no going back. You know, there's no pause button. And so I think, you know, quarterbacks as a whole – you know, just being smarter and, and maybe not taking that split second extra risk. Um, if it, you know, especially w- when it comes to sliding, you know, especially a guy like Flacco, you know, he's not a Russell Wilson or, or, or you know, one of those type of athletes. So, you know, know yourself. Calling him out, dude. <laughs> you know, no, get down. Shout out Joe Flacco. <laughs> not an athlete. Well, <laughs> not, not, not as good of an athlete as Russell Wilson. A or, different kind of athlete. Yeah. I mean, he's got a huge arm. So, um, so I think just being smarter from that perspective. And then I, I think, you know, to maybe lead to a second question you might have, I think the NFL needs more consistency when it comes from the officials. You know, you look at one game, a defenseless, defenseless receiver flag is thrown, and the next game it's not thrown. And, you know, to, not to harp on the Steelers, but Mike Mitchell this year, um, you know, he was talking about, you know, how are we supposed to know what's illegal or yeah, or, I remember or, that. or legal? If one week this is a flag and the next week it's not. So if the NFL can continue to try to get more consistent with some of those things, I think that will take away some of those hits. You know, I, I don't know if anyone's out there looking to kill somebody else right. or, you know. I guess my opinion on that, those kind of hits is like if you leave your feet, to me the intent kind of sways towards you might be trying to hurt someone versus if you make a hit with your feet planted like trying to make like a legitimate tackle yeah. not just launching yourself you know i think that yeah. but you'll never be able to know like, people's intent yeah and uh, this, every situation is different it's like right. are you leaving your feet cuz it's you know he's so close to, to the sticks exactly or, yeah different you know, scenarios yeah you know um what was i going to say oh so in terms of like defenseless receiver rules do you think or defenseless receiver penalties do you think that that is more so on the quarterback for throwing a bad ball or on the receiver for not having the awareness to know that there's a defender there or on the defender for just licking his chops, like knowing he's going to have a free shot? I mean, I think it's a, a combination of things. And I think oftentimes the defender gets the most blame. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Gronkowski. I mean, he's he's six six, six seven, whatever he is, 270 pounds running down the field, a huge target. And if Tom, you know, like we saw, Tom Brady leads, you know, leads him a little bit too much. I mean, defenders, his job is to break up the play. And, and you know, I don't think they're headhunting. You know, 
he's a tall guy, so they might have to aim higher. Or, if, you know, as he's falling down, since they aim higher, they're, they're hitting him in the head now. Um, you know, I think part of it is offenses, receivers, and quarterbacks. Hey, I can't let my, you know, let the guy out the dry here. You know, I, I can't put the ball too high over the middle. Um, you know, I think you see a lot of guys, you know, a lot of quarterbacks doing a good job of getting the ball low where they're, you know, your receivers are able to protect themselves. Um, but I think, you know, defenders at a whole, you know, especially deep playing safeties, you know, they have a choice to make. Am I going to go for an upper body hit or am I going to go down at this guy's knee where, you know, if you hit that person in the knee just the right way, I mean, you can do a ton of damage. Um, and their career, yeah. yeah. I just think, like, on a guy like Gronkowski, like, he's six foot six, like, the target between his shoulders and his knee is pretty freaking big. Like True. to yeah. miss that, it's like yeah. it's not that hard, but especially when he's not looking at you. You know, you see so many guys they they hit him there, they just bounce off. You know, he's 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 an animal. He's, yeah, I mean, he's Gronk. I yeah. mean, I, I I agree with the statement of like if you're trying to break up the play, like you kind of got to be up in this area yeah. to break to to make him lose the ball. Yeah. But I think on that Gronkowski hit that you're talking about in the playoffs uh, against Jacksonville, I think it was. Yeah. He almost like fell down on top of the defender, and I think that was why the the helmet to helmet contact was there. But yeah. either way, you could talk about yeah. that stuff for all free I mean, today. And you know, as we said before, it happens in a split second. I mean, it, it's you right. know, one second. You know, you're aiming here and they drop down or whatever it might be. I mean, yeah, it, got the, turtles and you kind of like yeah. the NFL is. You know, it's so. It happens so fast, but, you know, I think you can make the argument, well, why doesn't the defender stand there and just swat the ball out? I mean, you yeah. know, a lot of guys, they, they have their arms down to the side, and, and it's like, well, if you use your hands, you might be able to swat the ball yeah. away. Yeah, or, like, try to go for the ball. Like, you <laughs> might be able to catch that. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. I just think, like, hits have been glorified, like, for the guys who are in the NFL now. Like, growing up, like, they yeah. were in, like, the jacked-up era. Yeah. You know, like, they didn't grow up with, like – concussion pamphlets and like yeah. stuff like that so you got jacked up yeah yeah the uh nfl uh the nfl show yeah. yeah so you were on the field when i almost died yep. and the last time that i ever played football and i'm just curious if being there to like witness that like did that ever, did that change how you played the game at all i for me it was always in the back of my head um because obviously you don't want that happen to you or anywhere else again and anyone else again and you know I throughout college there were a few times where you know I knew guys were were, were messed up and and I was not afraid to say hey coach we got to get this you know this guy out and uh, you know a large part of that is you know due to you um and and playing with a concussion or or, or something along those lines so you know that always stuck with me and you know a couple of days later hey why you know Why'd you tell coach I was banged up? Or, because well, well, I, you know, one of my good friends, you know, did that too, and and you know, he has a whole story of you know why not to do it, and and when you see something like that happen, you know, somebody like yourself, I mean, that that was scary. That's you know one of you know the scariest moments of you know my life, and I know a lot of other guys on that team where you know you, your teammates being helicoptered, you know, helicoptered off the field. I mean, that's that's scary, you know. I appreciate you using that story to prevent that from happening to other people. And that's like part of the reason why I started this podcast. And, you know, I want my story to be told for that exact reason. Like I wish that I could have kept playing football, like in college and stuff like that. 
But because of the choices that I made, which were to like play with a headache and not tell people when I'm hurt and not take care of myself, like that opportunity was taken from me, uh, like you experienced as well. Um, so I, I go back to the, you, you coach at our high school and I go back to at least one game a year. And I, I mean, I don't know if it's because we played there, but like, there's something special about that place. Like yep. I can't, it's hard to put words to it. Uh, I know my girlfriend thinks that I'm crazy, uh, about it, but like, what, what do you think makes high school football and maybe our high school football, you know, team so special? High school football is so different than college football because college, you, you come in with a class of, of guys and, and you go through a lot of experiences with them, but nothing will ever replace playing high school football with the kids that you grew up with. You went to elementary school with, middle school, in, in the high school, you know, played Long Valley Raiders with or other Pop Warner football and, and all those experiences that you go through throughout, you know, your developmental life. You know, you're, you're, you're playing with your buddies. And, and Coach Henley says that all the time, you know. When you leave here, you're not playing with your buddies anymore. Yeah, you have a lot of great friends in college and, and all that kind of stuff. But, but playing under lights on a Friday night, you know, with your buddies who you grew up with is, is you know, just so special. I think the only people that I appreciate that is, are people that, you know, have gone through it. And, and, and you know, I, I played lacrosse and, um, you know, we had a great lacrosse team at, at West Mars, but it was never – you know, the same thing as playing under the lights on a Friday night. When we played a, a lacrosse game under the lights, you know, that was that was amped up. I mean, that was that was awesome. But, um, you know, playing on that field, you know, the fog rolling up, I mean, not, nothing beats that. I mean, it's, it's a complete shame that the school board has decided to put <laughs> grass. I was going to say that uh, uh, turf on it, um, even though they should just turf two upper fields and, and make money by renting that space out to uh, different towns and stuff. But that's a <laughs> whole nother podcast, <laughs> whole nother podcast. Um, but, you know, nothing beats that. I mean, it's, it's just so special. Um, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that you go through with those guys. And and, you know, I think we had a group of guys that you know, so many of us went through so many different circumstances. If it was losing a parent, the situation that we had, you know, going with, you know, you're losing a teammate, essentially, um, you know, I think it, you know, that, that bond that you, you, you have with one another. And, you know, a lot of us all work together in the summer too. I yeah. Mean, we spent a lot of time together, you know, if, and if we weren't working or at football, we were watching football or playing football at, you know, someone's yeah. house or, or playing. All we thought about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lacrosse so. and baseball season. We were thinking about football. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, did you look up to any athletes growing up? Like, who who were your role models that you looked up to? Like you said, we were wearing football jerseys of your favorite players and stuff. So yeah, I mean, you know, I I was around football from you know the day I was born. You know, one of my first blankets were like a terrible towel. You <laughs> know, I, I grew up in a football family. My you know mom's side of family was from Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. My my grandfather coached. Um, he was a scout for different colleges, and and so I always had that and. You know, I looked up to a ton of guys. One of my favorite football players growing up was Cordell Stewart, you know, slash quarterback of the Steelers. But, um, you know, I always looked up to, you know, my family members. You know, as you mentioned before, I lost my mom as I was a freshman in high school. Um, but, you know, from sixth grade to my freshman year of high school to, you know, see the way that she battled through cancer. And, you know, I always looked up to that. And I knew I had no excuse to complain or not do extra reps in the weight room or, you know, put in extra, you know, work because of, you know, some of the principles that she taught me. And then, you know, my grandfather, you know, at the same time, 
he always told me to get my head out of my ass. <laughs> um, I you know, I still hear that to uh, this day from time to time. I mean, he's he's passed since, but you know, there's there's times at work or or you know, personal life where you know, get your head out of your ass, Ty. <laughs> and so I, you know, I always looked up to them, and you know, obviously my dad too. But you know, I think there were so many, you know. NFL in the 90s, there were so many great, you know, players. If it's, you know, Marshall Falk of the Rams or Eddie George, I, I was a huge Steve McNair fan just because of the way that he played the game, you know, the, the position of quarterback. You know, I always loved that guy that had the ability to get out of the pocket. And, and uh, you know, being a huge Steelers fan that I am, you know, looking up to guys like Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris. And even though I never saw them, you know, play live, it, I saw enough of – you know, VHS cassettes of, you know, Steelers in the 70s or right. whatever to, to appreciate, you know, how they played the game. Um, but, you know. Cool. Well, you you definitely – you've always been a great kid and you've always been a good friend and we spent a lot of time together and yep. I have no doubt that you're making your mom proud, your grandpa proud. Like, you're just an all-around great dude. And I'm, a, I'm glad that we were able to reconnect to yep. do this podcast and kind of share some memories and give athletes advice on – things that we wish that we knew uh, yeah. while we were playing. So where can people find you on – connect with you on social media if they want to shout you out that they were watching the episode? Uh, I have an Instagram. I, I have a Twitter, uh, Facebook. I guess I'm, I'm in, in all the different uh, social media outlets. What's your, what's your handle? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I think it's – Bernie, like, 3-7 or something. Bernie, 3-7. Greatest number ever. T, T Bernie. Uh, yeah, I was three in high school, three at Monmouth, and then when I went to Wilkes, I was seven. So then you were thirty-seven. Tree seven. Tree seven. <laughs> so um, yeah, couple, I'll, I'll link them up in the show notes. We'll 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 tag you in the in the uh, all the posts. Last question, which I ask all of my guests: What is your definition of toughness, and maybe how has that changed uh, throughout your career? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think there's two different types of toughness. There's the the tough guy. Uh, physicality toughness you know there you look at some some guys and you, you play with some guys and they're just tough you know like a, a Sal Carfaro comes to mind I mean that guy will play through anything I mean he's gonna plug the hole as a linebacker and 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 you know nothing bothers him but you know I think I think toughness can be defined you know defined as you know, how do you deal with adversity because you can be the toughest guy in the world but um, if something mentally doesn't go your way, how are you going to react? You, you know, do you go in the bag, or are you able to overcome that, or come close to overcoming that, or, or be able to go through those obstacles to learn from, you know, whatever that adverse situation is? So, you know, I, I think that has to do with it. You know, being able to come through adverse situations, um, and how you're able to handle that. Awesome, it's a great definition. Ty, thanks, brother. No problem. Man. Thanks, dude.